BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Network. This is all things elite. Welcome back to all things elite. Load up the pod, man. It's on when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to all things elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Here from the first, swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex networks on. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Pulling up the show, give it seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 217th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am doing fan-freaking-tastic. Yesterday started, um, uh, December 13th started my four four shows in like, I guess it'd be seven or eight days. It's Wednesday to next Wednesday. I have four shows. Uh, I was at Dynamite last night. Had a great time. I have Final Battle tomorrow, Collision on Saturday, and then the thing I've been waiting for for almost five years. Uh, We get AEW Dynamite in Oklahoma, so I am excited. That'll be show 50, so I am very excited for all of it. I think I at least know 20 to 25 people that are going to the show. I think I'm responsible for about eight of them <laughs> like i am uh i i want to do it big in my city and i'm very excited for it yeah and i'm i'm next week yeah, is I'm, not swerve's house i just wanted to say next week swerve is in my house 
Yes, for real, <laughs> honestly. Um, I'm I'm doing well right now. I'm getting ready. Uh, my my parents actually, my mom made a uh, power move for their anniversary. Um, so the Lions versus Broncos game got flexed to Saturday night at 8 p.m. My mom was like, Austin, you got to find out if there's any way we can get tickets for your dad. Because uh, he has not been to a game at all this year. It's been quite some time since he's been to a Lions game. And when he would go to Lions games, of course, the team would be bad or it would be so early. In, it would be so late in the season that basically everything is already over by the time that they go see the game. Like, you know, out of playoff contention, well out of the way of towards the division. Like there's there's just no hope. You know what I mean? They're just playing the games. This is the first time in quite some time that he's going to a game where like there's a ton on the line, like security of the division, all that kind of stuff playing a good team in the Broncos who are currently pretty hot right now. Uh, so my dad just got the tickets today um, and he is ecstatic about it. And it's crazy move by my mom. They're going to have a blast. Um, and I'm actually going to be covering that game too for work, which will be awesome. So uh, I'm going to be trying to spot them from the press box basically uh, just to see my dad hopefully have the time of his life. Um, so that was a cool thing. And also I've gotten most of my Christmas shopping all wrapped up. So I am good to go basically, which is good because I spent a shitload of money at the arcade a couple days ago and I need to make, wait for my next paycheck. Uh, speaking of my favorite Mich- Michigan alum, your dad, uh, I think I will be coming up there next year to Ann Arbor. This is very tentative uh, to watch. My friend is a diehard Oregon Ducks fan. And Michigan's supposed to be playing Oregon for the first time with them joining the Big Ten. We think that'll be a pretty big game, being a hundred thousand for sure. Yeah, so it's it's tentative. It's very very tentative. You know, like I don't know. It's you know me. I'm usually like when I say I'm going somewhere, I'm like I'm a hundred percent going, and that's how I go all in. But uh, this time it's like it's very tentative because he he has to he has kids. So and kids kids have birthdays. So we have to see what date the game is on before we can decide if we're going. I'm excited. I, I already announced ex- the date, though. I think they already have. He said he didn't know the date. I don't like. I don't know. This is an Oregon fan talking to me, so I didn't really know if Michigan had if they had <clears throat> announced it yet. Oh yeah, no, they already announced it. Uh, it's Michigan Ann Arbor. Tentatively, it is set for November second. November second. So that is. We're probably going because that's okay. not near any of his kids' birthday. So, all right. Well, I will let them know that you are thinking about that, and I will see. And that's the game right after the Michigan Michigan State game, too. Yeah. So, most everyone's going to be focused in on that game. Uh, so, well, you, you, you. I mean, it's going to be hard getting tickets to the big house for sure. I'll see if my dad's able to make it happen too, because I know he'd love to go to a game. Um, but I might be covering it too, so we'll see how that works out. But definitely, though, I mean. Getting the chance to go to the big house, though, because have you ever been? I have not. I've never been to a college game that didn't include Florida State well, I, or OU. So It's a it's a quite legendary place, uh, for sure. I mean, it's it, there's not a single uh, like stadium like it in college football, I feel like, just with that like amount of people squeezed into one place. Yeah, if, you know, if my friend hadn't gone and got his wife pregnant again at 43, our goal, (laughs) we were almost out. We were almost out. His kids were like four years from graduating. My goal was to go to like every major 
uh, Division One school like Michigan, Ohio State, go to go to watch a game there. You know, just sure because I, you know, that's I mean, wrestling is my first love, but the love of my like adult life is college football. I fucking love it. It's it's changing to a point where you know it is what it is, but it's the yeah. love. It's one of the things I love the most. So the energy of crowds, you know, all that stuff when you go to events are amazing. So I would love, love love to experience a game in Michigan. For sure. Well, let's get into the wrestling part of this show. We apologize for our short little college I started time. I started with wrestling. We me going to show. Yeah, we so, did. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and it kind of I, I I had football and then we kind of <laughs> mixed in, mixed in a little bit of college in there too. But we got a lot to talk about. We are nearing the finals of the divisions of the Continental Classic before we get to Worlds End where we have the winner of the Blue League and the winner of the Gold League face-off. And also, we also have a Ring of Honor pay-per-view that's airing tonight. We're going to do a quick little preview after we talk all of the AEW-centric stuff. But before we get into the show, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And also subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a rating and a review. It helps out so much. If you're so inclined, you can also follow us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week involves Warner Brothers Discovery, because a lot of things are kind of up in the air. Uh, I've seen just so much talk about what's happening with Warner Brothers Discovery. And currently, we know that uh, the other company, WWE, is in the process of trying to get a new TV deal for Monday Night Raw. And as reports have seemingly come out, they may be looking to do business with Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, Floyd, I assume you have all the details of the report that came out. (laughs) So, okay, I didn't see the report. It's just been so many people that I or follow or tweet hold on a second uh, okay uh follow or tweet have put this information out there so it's like when there's smoke there's fire kind of thing so uh i'm pulling trying to pull an actual report uh the one thing i kept seeing is uh one, one of guys i like a guy i'm familiar with and like been in a lot of shows with matt coon he he posted a picture of vince mcmahon standing in front of like when uh when WWE was on uh the Turner stations and then I've seen uh, reports that you know there's more information coming but I haven't seen anything official. Have you seen anything official sir? Everything that I've seen at least has been like some people tweeting like stuff about uh you know wrestling inc about some other people talking about it and then the other site that I've seen is ringside news which I don't fucking count at all. Yes, uh Eric Bischoff said W Warner Brother Discovery, this was in a tweet, uh, from December fourteenth, so just a few hours ago. And this is Bischoff. Yes. Uh, WB interest in W uh, WBD interest in WWE goes back to the announcement of sale of WWE. I am convinced WBED was engaged in the bidding process. Did this this didn't start with CM Punk, but do but no doubt that adding him to the roster was fortuitous. For more detail, watch for strictly business dropping soon which is of course this podcast so and uh the reason i the reason i made this the big story of the week is because there is a lot of 
uh, there is a lot of, you know, speculation about what this means for AEW. And so we are, me and you are going to speculate based on it being 100% true. Uh, no right and yeah, like yeah, i've yeah. seen the wrestling wrestling observer radio talk about it a little bit like just about the idea yeah and yeah and Meltzer has talked like a little bit about it there's a video on their youtube channel saying that wwe raw going to warner brothers discovery isn't a dead deal anymore yeah so basically being like it's not completely out of the question that it's not something that could possibly happen so just know I, I, what we're going to talk about is not from an insider point of view. This is from a no. fan point of view. This and we're, yeah, from a fan point of view and what as fans it means to us. And for me, I've always heard the rumor. I've never seen it substantiated. I want that very clear when I say this. Yeah. That Warner Brothers Discovery, TBS, TNT owns at least a small part of AEW. I've, yes. al- I've always heard that speculated. I've never, you know, of course, Tony, they're a private business. They don't really have to tell us, right? But I've always heard that they own it. So with that being said, it's like, I feel like a deal with AEW is pretty much guaranteed. It's just how much. Can they reach a number, right? right. So I personally don't, if if you're looking at it for as long as it means AEW doesn't lose their TV deal with WWE, this can only be a good thing for AEW. Because WWE, as a wrestling company, bringing more eyes to your network, you know, and people are like, you know, you're seeing AEW commercials doing WWE programming, which the audience is larger, you know, it can lead to more interest in AEW. The only thing that I would be afraid of is even though AEW is clearly number two, clearly the secondary United States market on a, with them on the same channel, they would look more like a number two. They would look no, more like exactly. minor league WWE. So that's well, my only have, concern. And you would have the time slots still probably be what they were where you'd have Monday nights, eight to 11 PM dynamite would be eight to 10. And then, you know, rampage and collision would still be at the time slots that they're at. Um, and that Monday time slot is still considered, like, more, you know, at least, like, comparable to, like, you know, that's the same time that Monday Night Football happens and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I guess you would consider it to be more valuable, I guess you could say. Yes. But more so on the fact of, like, because um, the way that I saw it was that, you know, Melter had talked about, like, yeah, they had a meeting, but, like, we have no idea about, like, who's trying to finalize this or whatnot. Um and then all I've seen too is that, you know, the this this the domino that set this whole thing ablaze was Punk leaving and going to W well, getting fired and then going to WWE. And I like I said, I don't even want to go down that road. I'm not gonna try to insinuate anything in that regard because quite frankly, I I don't know. Because like some people could be like, oh, the tides were shifting earlier, or some people, they, they haven't shifted at all. It's like, you know, that's it's all perception in that regard. Um, but in regards to AEW, it's, yeah, what Floyd said, I think it's just going to come down to a number, because everything that has been talked about with AEW, with their relationship with Warner Brothers Discovery, has been positive. And I can't imagine that unless something incredibly drastic was to happen, they weren't they wouldn't be able to come to a number agreement. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, when uh, Vince was the owner, CEO, everything, he was running everything, this wouldn't be possible because no. he literally only wants his he wants his company to be the only wrestling on the uh only wrestling on your channel. So it would be like, okay, you can have WWE, but you got to get rid of AEW. But that's how I understood it always. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. way that he would share a network. Yeah, he no didn't way. even want to share with UFC, from what I yeah. understand. So he didn't even want to share with UFC. So the idea of sharing with AEW is completely out of mind, but he's not the guy making the deals anymore. So this is a open... I feel like this is a, a, a more of a AEW, you know, like WWE, like, we don't care who else is on the channel as long as we get our money. Right. And, you know, that's probably the best way to if, be from and a if, business. And if USA's like, not giving them enough money, it makes sense why, they, they, why they're why they shopping it around. Well, like, from why? what I understand, USA, the USC won the SmackDown bid, right? And they decided just to be in the business of SmackDown. So they weren't going to bid on both, right? So Right. And apparently it was just going to be too expensive to be in on both. Cause, no, there's no way they'd be able to get both, I feel like. Yeah, so I'm looking forward. Yeah, like I say, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. I mean, would this open up the change for cross-promotion between A&W and WWE? That's another question that I've heard asked. I'm like, I don't know. If, I don't know either. Like, right Triple up. H has always said he would be willing to do business with anyone. But that's what they said. I, you've never seen any action on it. Tony Khan's been very open to be willing to work with WWE. He's been very open and willing to work with anybody. It's just that's how he's always been. So I don't think there's a problem there. It's just, like I said, them on the same channel with WWE's production, blah, 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 blah. It might make them look more minor league than they want you know what i mean yeah and i mean that's the un you know for me as long as aew's on tv i'm happy because i just want the company to succeed right but, you just yeah, want to watch your yes, show yes but from what i understand cm punk being available opened when negotiations that people thought were dead did was cm punk sign with wwe from the rumors were w wbd was completely out of the uh raw conversation and then CM Punk being added as a value, as a star. And as of this week, exclusive to Monday Night Raw, which is the product they're trying to sell. Like like I said, there's too much smoke going around, too many people that uh, as far as news information on screen, I trust that I, where I can say there's absolutely nothing to it. But if it turns out, Warner Brothers Discovery doesn't win Raw. They might just be using this. You know, WWE just might be using this to get some of their other people to go up on the number. Mm -hmm. Which is a, you know, classic business tactic. So, I don't, you know, me, I'm like, I just want AEW to do well. And, I, you know, of course I want WWE to do well. And so, when it comes down to it, I honestly kind of hope this is not true. That no, I think it would just cause too many like weird conversations. Yeah, I don't. Quite well, frankly, I don't think anybody's ready to have. Yes, I mean personally, I don't know if Prime. I heard Prime was in the conversation at one. That point was when I heard too. I know. Yeah, I know Meltzer and them said that. Personally, that's who I'm rooting for to win it is Prime. 
I just is there a reason why or just, just uh, I, I mean I'm an Amazon Prime subscriber, so it wouldn't change my life at all. <laughs> and uh I just I've always I mean, with it being on the internet, everybody I know has Amazon Prime, I think it opens yourself to a larger audience because, you know, as much as we're in a world where most people don't have cable, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but I don't know anyone without Amazon Prime. That's true, but I don't know how many people would want to watch wrestling on stream, like stream wrestling, you know what I mean? I think most people watch it that way anyway. Fair enough. I mean, what do they tout? They don't tout 2.5 million people watching the show. What they tout? 100 million YouTube uh, streams. That that is fair. That is. It, it's like so. You're I just, just want Amazon Prime to have a better freaking UI for their streaming. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just need to get their system updated. Yeah. Uh, Jack Reacher or Reacher drops tonight, so I'm very excited about that. I fucking love uh, the guy that plays Reacher. I knew if you would have asked me his name twenty minutes ago, I know, but for some reason, <laughs> uh, for some reason, it is. Uh, I actually bought him meet and greet to one that he was gonna be at, and he oh. ended up canceling. And oh. I was so mad because I, I he's in the Fu- Fast and the Furious family now. He, yes. He was in 10. So I was like, I always say now uh, Jack Reacher and Aquaman are fighting Black Adam and Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> so I am looking so forward. Weird. Such a weird <laughs> sentence that you just said. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to what whatever's announced, but Prime is who I'm rooting for. Also, I think Prime, because they're a streaming channel, will probably give WWE probably the biggest number. Because I believe there was somebody like Prime or someone that was streaming last time that gave a pretty big number for SmackDown. But the eyes, how many people like Fox was on local TV, so that's why they took right. Fox over. Oh no, no, it's I mean that's that's the big time network. It makes all the sense in the world why they would take Fox. Yeah, but you know, if you want to grow something, Amazon Prime pretty much has the NFL in wrestling. They're gonna that's promote the thing, yeah. Now that their... the, now that Prime has the NFL, it definitely makes them way more like yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, so so if Prime gets NFL in wrestling, they're gonna promote the out of UWWE, yes, they're gonna, yeah. you're gonna be like, oh, do you want to buy this? Try buying this, and it'd be something to have nothing to do with what you're buying, but it has everything to do with WWE. So, yes. I don't know, I think Amazon, Amazon is so huge, I would want to be in, in the Amazon business. Right. Well, we're gonna be interested to see where all this shapes out, where it comes to, like, you know, WWE, where they end up having raw go and then you know how AEW and warner brothers discovery come to hopefully a new tv deal relatively soon because when's there do we know when the tv rights end for dynamite and all that when they signed it for from what i understand it ends like at the end of 2024 that's why next year was the last year yeah so that's where the negotiations are coming for. And like, I've heard a lot of different interesting things about like the business side of AEW where like they, uh, they like have money, right? Like they have, uh, they make money, but they might not all the way be in the black or sustainable right. or something like that. I'm like, I've seen some of the stuff on that. Uh, yeah. That, uh, if you want all of that, if you want that information like broken down, uh, make sure you're following at WrestleNomics. That, I, mean, yeah. I mean, Brandon Thurston knows what the fuck he's doing. So that's who you should listen to on that side. I am a fan. So I, I want AEW to be successful, but I ain't breaking down the numbers. 
no, I'm I'm too busy with other <laughs> sports related shit to be able to get into that too. No, I have so. a jo- I have a job, and I didn't go to college because I hate math. So. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, there we go. So we'll move off of that. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, there's only really two things I want to mention from Rampage. I do want to mention. A was that we did have a blue league matchup in the Continental Classic, and it was Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Um, and honestly, thought it was pretty damn good too. Um, having a uh, uh, Daddy Magic on commentary kind of threw me off, just because you know he's got to tie in with Daniel Garcia, and I just love the pack that like you know there was a point where Danielson was literally just taunting him to dance, and he was like. Try like basically trying to hold back the dance for a little while, but eventually didn't. It screwed him over. Um, and then um, the work they've done with Danielson in his eye, with his orbital eye, like has been great. We'll talk a little bit about that with his match on Collision that happened. Uh, but like we'll get even more in detail with that. But I just loved the stuff that they were doing with that. But the match itself was good, and Danielson got the win. Uh, right. And Daniel Garcia is one of three wrestlers who do not have a dub. So the thing about Daniel Garcia, uh, I, I was actually just making this point to someone else, so it, it's, it's a prepared point. I'm not spitballing. Uh, if It's so funny because he, when he came and he went through this where he was having all these tough matches with Mox and all these people and he was barely losing and he was on the build, right? Then he joined JAS, and he was, I believe, the pure champion, and and it felt like he was getting elevated. But now it feels like he's taking a step back, because now he's back to having the really close matches with really good wrestlers. So it's like, uh, you know, the progression is like to get Kestia. He started losing a lot of matches. There was a change in personality. Then he started winning. Daniel Garcia is like, oh, he started losing. There was a change in personality. And now he's back to just losing close matches again. So uh, close matches again. So it's kind of weird. His uh, Daniel Garcia, I'm a big fan of his. And he's added bulk on to it. His body has not completely changed. But you can definitely see how his body has matured since he joined AEW. And the wrestling talent, the ability to put on a good match. That has never been in question. So no. you're wondering, is this the beginning of a new elevation for Daniel Garcia? or what i got to imagine that it has to be. Because yes. quite frankly, you know... The thing with Daniel Garcia is just the fact that, you know, he, you know, we, we've loved the dance, but it just seems like now, like we want it. Cause the idea was that, you know, obviously they had a good thing going with him, like trying to fight off whether or not he was going to truly be a sports entertainer or a pro wrestler. And then eventually he j- they just moved away with that, from that story and forgot about it. Like all of a sudden Daniel sitting, like the idea of him eventually accepting who he is and being a pro wrestler that went away and then it just went to him having a funny dance which was spectacular for a while but unfortunately danielson's reached this point where now it's all he's done like we kind of wanted that to be like the inclination of like guys we still love daniel garcia he's spectacularly entertaining and we want more to be done with them because, I mean, dude, he's getting this dance over. You can do shit with him. And then they just were like, keep doing the dance. And then it's kind of like, eh, guys, we need a little bit more than that. 
So it does feel like Danielson is primed for like a reset. You know what I mean? Because I think Daniel Garcia just needs a reset. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I don't know if he should join a group or whatever, but I don't think and, that. And, but it's and, more so just like you know, either a have him actually like you know, since he lost to Danielson, since he hasn't won at all in this tournament, and he's only got two matches left on there. He's got Brody King and Eddie Kingston. I'm sorry, bro. I don't care if Eddie Kingston is uh, one and two. You are not beating Eddie Kingston. Like you, like Daniel Garcia, I think has a serious chance to go uh, oh, 0 and five. five. Yeah. yeah, I think he he might be the only one. Uh, well, actually, uh, yeah, he, they might. Yeah, he might be the only one because Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal have to face each other. So, right. so yeah. So one of them, one of them will be zero and five. Daniel could be the only one that's in uh, the Blue League who's zero and five. So yeah. Now it it just feels like yeah he he is prime for a reset. That's the only thing. The match itself was really good. Like I said, the the spot with Garcia just slowly raising his arms up and then just doing it and it kind of cost him. Like I said, I like that. I think it leads to the idea of like you know this isn't working anymore. Like clearly everything that I've been doing got me this far, but I need more. I need like and I think what the more is is either a finally coming to the acceptance of being a pro wrestler and not a sports entertainer, which is what his entire thing with the JAS and the uh, Blackpool Combat Club has been that they've just forgotten about. The fans didn't forget about it. They kept chanting, you're a wrestler. Like, that's the whole story. But there was just no build to any of it for months. So either go down that road and actually finish that story or go in a completely different direction. But Danielson, Daniel Garcia needs a reset, though. But Danielson is, he got that win, and then he had another match immediately on a collision on, in the Blue League. Um, and then the only other thing I wanted to mention about Rampage was, holy shit, I can't believe Angelico is still here. I forgot that he was even here. I all, only thing I can say about him, Angelico, he must do something else in the back. Like, yeah. he must be one of those, you know, multiple employed people because... I guess so, yeah, but, like, like I, 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 international I, championship match. And big thing is, I was, like, this huge... Like, when they announced the Angelico signing, so big into Angelico because I'd seen him wrestle in other places. He, I mean, he's tall or handsome, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought, oh, they can do something with him. It didn't really work out the way I uh, wanted to because TH2, I guess, wasn't ended up being a thing. But, hey, he's employed, so that's good. That is good, yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll move over, though, to uh, Collision. We had the Blue League match, one of the highly anticipated Blue League matches, Claudio Casagnoli versus Eddie Kingston. I mean, guys. It writes itself. This was the one, this the, like one of the few uh, matches in the uh, like like obviously the storylines that have been going on inside the Continental Classic tournament have been self-explanatory and good to follow. Hasn't been a ton where you're actually pulling from stuff outside of the tournament with Eddie and Claudio. Lest we say any more about the problems that these two people have, and they let it all shine out. Um, Danielson, I mean, uh, there was a point before the match even started where Claudio cut a promo on him, which was quite entertaining. Uh, but the thing I loved, honestly, was there was a point in the match where, uh, 
Cassignoli, once there was a point where Eddie just had this look in his eyes and Claudio actually slow, like started to back away because he was like genuinely terrified because Eddie like had this face like, I'm going to kill you. And he proceeds to like flip a switch, hits two exploder suplexes eventually. And they are just like I said, they beat the living house. There were some good shots that Eddie threw in there, too. But eventually there's a point where Claudio uh, goes and hits a hurricanrana. Eddie rolls up uh, Claudio and then cradles him and he gets the win. And it's his first win in the tournament. Eddie Kingston finally getting in the win column, getting a much needed three points. And now he and Claudio are tied at three points. So it's it's a lot more tighter in the blue league as opposed to the gold league where it's basically all wrapped up. And we'll tell you more about it uh, on the Dynamite side. No, no, it's no, the gold league's actually tighter than the blue league. Oh, yeah, are you sure? Think because think about it. If so, Mox's last match next week, right? Yes. And if he loses that last match, there would be three people with four wins technically. And yeah, if, no, if I, he wins, if he wins and Swerve wins, him Jay White and true. Swerve totally would all missed, have. Yeah, I was gonna say I would all have Jay, four I wins. Jay on the bottom. I missed Jay. <laughs> I I forgot how less tight it was because there was two people with zero. That's why. yeah. No, it's like it's a three man race. <laughs> it is a three. I mean, yeah. it's it's definitely like that, and it's it'll be a lot more easier to figure out where we are with the Blue League once we see what happens on Collision with the remaining match with the couple matches that we still need to get done for that. Um. But yeah, no, Eddie and uh, Claudio absolutely killed it to start off a collision, though. I have to say that. Absolutely. And I I love how he won. I love Eddie Kingston. The storyline that he's going through is built for Eddie Kingston. Uh, He lost the first two, and now he's working from the bottom. Yes. That last match, whenever it is. Uh, whether it's Daniel Garcia or Brody King or who, oh, not Brody King, it's Daniel I, Garcia or who? He lost yeah, Brody it, King it, first. It, yeah, Daniel Garcia or Andrade. I yeah. feel like it would have to be Andrade being the last one. Yeah, so no matter what, when you look at that, it's going to mean a lot because he's Eddie Kingston and, you know, he fights from the bottom and he does really, you know, that's what he, that's who he is. So this is working for him. Yeah, no, so Andrade, yeah, and Andrade and Claudio are facing each other this Saturday on Collision. So, yeah, it's going to be Andrade, Eddie, to close it out for those guys. Hell yeah. So, yep. so let's, let's and talk Eddie, about- Eddie, and Eddie and Daniel Garcia will face, too. Yeah. So, moving on, uh, there was a backstage interview with uh, Hook, who had talked about how he had consistent issues with uh, Wheeler Yuta. And... Uh, he walked on the set and interview and inter- Yuta interrupts Hook and says, basically, Hook is a paper champion. Renee shouldn't be wasting his time with her ta- time with amateurs when you could be interviewing honorable guys like myself. And Hook proceeds to go, yeah, you're real honorable. You kick Shibata in the balls. And I mean, like, is there any way to respond to that? I mean, that's pretty that's pretty much as damning as a statement as you can make. And you, you, Wheeler Yuta immediately says, like, I pinned Shibata to become a record-setting three-time Ring of Honor Pure Champion. I can do it under Pure Rules, but I can do it under your rules, too. I'm tired of dealing with you. You started this. I'm ready to put you out. We'll do this under FTW rules. So, so I, I swore in my head I had made this. I was like, dude, I'm getting Wheeler Yuta versus Hook in Final Battle. 
I knew it was going to happen in Final Battle. I was 100% sure it was going to happen in Final Battle. Spoiler alert for the rest of the show. It's not nope. happening at Final it's Battle. It's not happening at Final <laughs> Battle. I was so, like, I, like, you would think I was the biggest hook or will or you to like, the, how the disappointment hit me when they announced what match it was for Final Battle. It was very confusing, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, like, you were thinking that's where everything was building towards yeah. Nope. Oh, I got my Hook Shop AEW figure this week. I was very happy. Oh, nice. That, yeah. I actually ordered my, we got uh, my good friend Jared, who loves Hook. Uh, we got him the uh, ringside exclusive, like ringside figures uh, uh, exclusive one. The one that has the 730, 730 uh, white box. Oh, yeah. We got him that. My problem right now is I am completely out of space. Yep. Everything that I order, I, I mean, I need to go get, like, crates or something, like a safe storage place for my extra figures, because I, I am overrun with them right oh, now. Oh, I believe it. I am overrun with wrestling figures. My room looks like, like, I, I had me a nice design to my room, and it looked really, really good, and now it's just... And then it's gone. Yeah, it's just clutter now. No, I, I totally get that, though. Yeah, and I have a dog, so I really have to, like, keep the door shut and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I really do need to take a day and get this shit under control. Yeah, ain't that fun now you got to deal yeah, with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the problems when you get dogs and, like, animals. It's when you got to make sure that you keep all that shit away from them. Dude, it's so weird. It's It hasn't even been that long. Uh, he, uh, his birthday was, we got him around Halloween, so it, we haven't had him two months. And we are both at the point where we can literally can't imagine life without, you know, Winston up in here. So Absolutely. And it was just, it's just so quick. It's just so quick how quickly they just become a part of your life, how animals become a part of your life. It's, it, it's, it's like, oh, they're getting on my nerves. Oh, oh, I love you. Don't ever go anywhere. You're the best yeah, dog please ever. Please don't leave. No, never, yeah, ever leave. Yeah, yeah, And that's, and it, it's, it's the switch that flips. And it's like, I went to, I went to, uh. I went to Dynamite last night, and I, I found myself talking about my dog quite often. I believe it, dude. I believe it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, moving on, we had Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez, which was a pretty solid match. There was a point where um, Martinez basically put up Willow Yuta and uh, had like was beating the hell out of her at some point. There was like a... Uh, distraction because Diamante got on the uh, apron and then M Martinez then proceeded to like hit her with a fisherman bomb and then the backdrop and then just all these types of shit and then just planting her. But eventually Willow gets the roll up and gets a small package pin and she gets the win. That's when Martinez and Diamante attack her. Diamante then pulls a ladder out and brings it into Martinez who uses the ladder Chris Statlander comes down and has a chain, and she wraps it around her fist and chases after them. And, uh, yeah, so there's a nice little moment there. But more so, I thought it was interesting that we had two roll-up finishes back-to-back. -back. Uh, but I, I do like the fact that uh, Chris Statlander does have Willow's back. I like seeing that. I like the idea of, like, just those two, like, having, like, a kind of, like, unspoken friendship. Yes. Absolutely, uh, and it's got to turn into a fight eventually. Uh, when I went to uh, my first time seeing Willow in a match, like live in a match, was against Mercedes Martinez at Supercard of Honor. I guess it was t 
uh, what is it, 15? And yeah, and they wrestled for the title and uh, Mercedes beat uh, Willow by submission to become uh, the interim ROH Women's Champion. So that's pretty cool that, you know, it came back to this and, you know, Willow finally got the win. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, we had another backstage interview and it was with Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, and Jake Hager. And he's Hager's basically furious about the fact that his hat got stolen. And it was stolen by uh, Danhausen, of all people. Ruby Soho then shows up, and she is smitten. Like, her and Cool Hand Ange have, like, this interesting, uh, just, like, they're, they're, they're googly-eyeing each other. And Soraya and Anna Jay proceeds to... Uh, like, Saray and Daddy Magic are both trying to keep their two people apart, basically. And they're just, like, not, like, they're, like, I am not having this on this Christian channel. You are getting away from each other. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I'm loving this. The Starcross Lovers thing, the Romeo and Juliet thing, I'm digging it. Hopefully it doesn't end like Romeo and Juliet and a little happier. But, uh, yeah, I, I am digging it. And they uh, picked two people to go to because, you know, Cool Hand and just kind of like that old school kind of gimmick. And then, you know, Ruby is very much a punk rocker. So they're uh, those. They aren't a type of people that you would see, you know, have any kind of interactions with each other. Correct. And that's what makes it work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also shout out Ruby. She did, uh, there was a, a, either an interview or a statement that she said where she says she wants to basically, she never wants to leave AEW, which is a cool little thing to hear. Uh, now uh, use, now use her in matches more, please. Hey, I, I honestly, I just want her to win every now and then. Uh, like she was on the show last night and yeah. And like, soon as she was on the show, you saw this like mass exodus of people and I'm not using that to take a shot at the, sh- just like, but you kind of know what's going to happen when Ruby's in a match. That's what I'm saying. Honestly, I need, yeah, I need to switch up there, but, yeah. and I forgot to mention too, there's a point in the, after that they got pulled away from each other. Soraya was like, what are you hiding Ruby? And she's like, nothing. I'm, I'm cold. I'm wearing the, and they, take off her jacket and she's wearing a cool hand Ange t-shirt and being like you evil witch you're going to leave me just like her and like basically like Saray is upset because basically all the outcasts are like leaving her and, and it's like, it, and it's perfect it's perfect this is like a very humanizing uh good uh, like really good uh women's uh storyline right now honestly yeah and it gives cool stuff for Saraya because like i said Tony's off doing her thing, and then Ruby's now smitten for Cool Hand Ange, and he's like, you have not been there for me, and I'm not going to be there for you when you face Riho next week, and unless you prove to me you still want to be a part of this and you still want to do this, you need to go beat Riho next week. So that's where he said that. Uh, We had Wardlow versus Willie Mack, uh, which was set up for a big meaty man slap and meat match, basically. Um, but it was not. It, it was, was not. not. It was uh, kind of more extended. He got a little more offense than the normal people have. A little extended squash match. Extended squash, yeah, pretty much. Um, so there is that. Wardlow power bombs him until the ref stops the match. And then we had a mess. Another message from the House of Black to FTR, and Malachi goes, "So your best friend is gone, and the only people who truly seem to care about you, and it's us." And that's how Malachi kind of just like did a little video package uh, message to FTR. 
and uh, we move off of that because it, it wasn't too long. It was just a video package. Uh, but then we had Ethan Page versus the cleaner Kenny Omega. Uh, these guys killed it. These guys very very good it. match. Very very good match. Yeah, no, there was tons of good work in this match. Um, I especially just love uh, how uh, there's a point where basically uh, Kenny Omega like is off of the guardrail and just moonsaults onto him. And there was also a point, too, where they had suplexed up and uh, they tumbled out uh, of the ring like over the top rope. And it looked terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. Um Ethan got some good shots in there, too. Ethan's just really just damn solid. And I will always sing my praises about Ethan Page because he does a damn good job. But eventually, uh, Ethan Page, cradle, near fall. Kenny Omega then hits multiple V-triggers and hits the one-winged angel. Gets the victory over Ethan Page. Uh, But afterwards, Big Bill proceeds to blindside Kenny Omega, booting him in the face. And the World Tag Team Champions have now gotten both members of the golden jets knocked down at one point so but they have made their statement clear so i, I we'll want, talk. only problem i had is i wanted a little bit more of a beating on kenny omega yeah it needed to be a lot more than that it, just a boot because it's since it was big bill you thought he would actually throw him around a little bit and yeah, drop him with a power bomb off the honestly off the, yeah yeah you know you know you know, you're trying to build it up as they just have the better of kenny and jericho now like do some damage do some damage there for real. Uh, we then had uh, CJ Perry get interviewed until Miro interrupts and goes, I am your husband, and I'm trying to figure out when was the last time you said so many good things about me like you do Andrade. Why are you so mad at me I told you to stay home? I'm the bread earner. You are my queen. And CJ proceeds to be like, you told me to stay home and cook and clean and listen. Like, and then you denounce me. Like, you gotta make up your mind. And Miro old school, like, Lady needs to get her hands dirty every now and then. When my dad goes fishing, my mom cleans the fish. But when my dad kills bull with his bare hands, my mom guts them. When I hunt, you clean. But you don't worry. I'm not going to touch Andrade in this tournament. But once it's finished, so is he. So basically being like, CJ, you're fucking around. Your dude's going to get it. So this is the whole thing. So. This was not about the segment. I thought this was perfectly executed. I have no problem with what's going on. It's setting up Andrade for what's next after the C2. Perfect. That's all great. Yes. I, I saw the online backlash of this segment. And, uh, oh my God. I mean, eventually, people are going to bitch so much <laughs> that you're not going to be allowed to tell a wrestling storyline. Miro is the bad guy. Miro is acting like an asshole to his wife. You're not supposed to like Miro. And Miro is also, in character, a giant Bulgarian brute. Correct. Yes. Who worships a fake god and proceeds to, like, live like he's going to wrestle a bear. Like, and he's, like, living in the wilderness and all this type of bullshit. So yes. he's he's got this backwards, whatever way of logic. This is a basic wrestling he's supposed, story. He's line. supposed to be sound like he's trapped in the 1940s. Oh, my God. And believe me, when people are like, oh, I don't want to see this. I'm like, understand there people like Miro exist. 
whether you want them to exist or not, they still exist. <laughs> they, there are men out there that still want women in the kitchen. In his position, he was presented as not a good person. I don't know what else you want. This is wrestling. There are storylines. I mean, of course, you're not supposed to like the guy. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't. I'm sorry if it triggers you. You're not supposed to like the dude. He he's a bad guy. You know that's that's what he does. Is he gonna get his in? He may. He may not. Whatever. It's just good lord. We're gonna bitch so much about so many stories that just wrestling is just not gonna be able to happen anymore. Dude, I could point you to many people mm-hmm. like these alpha males who have podcasts who say so many fucked up shit that's not even close to nearly as bad of anything that Miro said on TV. Dude. There I'm are. telling you guys, you look hard enough, you can find these people. Yes, and it's just so funny because it's just like, it's just a story, and you don't really see this on the other side with, you know what I mean? It just seems like with AEW, every storyline, every wrestling match, everything is so scrutinized because it's supposed to be perfect, and it's supposed to be different, but in the end, it's Hero's still... supposed to be the psychotic mm, ex. Yeah. In the end, it's still pro wrestling, and you gotta, you know, you gotta let the story play out. Now, if you don't like how the story ends, like, hey, WrestleMania 19, I will always say my heart was broken when Triple H, I mean, when Triple H pinned Booker T, because they had done the story perfectly well, where Booker T was supposed to get his comeuppance, and then in the end, pedigree one, two, three. Okay. (laughs) So, yes, at the end, yes. 2020 we can be like okay uh, hindsight being 2020 that was a shit storyline and that's not how that was supposed to end you literally did a racist storyline and the white guy won this is not how it's supposed to go it's not how you <laughs> write that <laughs> shit guys this is not that, how that went if that went down uh if you did that storyline again with the same outcome you'd get canceled yeah because that's stupid this one let it end miro i mean and Johnny might end up slapping the shit out of Miro. And Miro's like, I'm wrong. I saw it wrong. Please take me back. Let it play out. Then decide whether it's stupid. Yeah. No, I, I think the way that Miro's playing it. And again, these are from two people who are legitimately married. So, like. There's only a certain amount of characters that the Miro role as this big killer guy is going to fit in. Exactly. Right? Right, an old when, school type of character needs an old school type. Feed. When he, when he was this less serious video game guy, people were bitching about it too. It's just like, let Miro be Miro. Let it's gonna. They're gonna. He has that something has to be done. You can't just like paint him into all these corners and say, just what do you want this man to do? What do you want him to do? Yeah. Moving on though, we had Commander and Penta El Zero Merido versus uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. Um, and it was a fun match. It was a nice, uh, fun, uh, match where we got to see some nice... I know this match happened, but I can't remember shit about it. I watched it. I can't remember shit about it. It was just like, it happened. Who won? Uh, it was the, uh, let me pull it up again. Uh, it was, uh, the baby faces. It yeah. was a uh, commander. He walked onto the ropes and he proceeded to yes. uh, crash on the cool hand edge. Now I remember I was annoyed by this because this was Montreal, right? Yes. 2.0 in their hometown of Montreal can't beat a thrown together tag team. 
What do you mean thrown together? They're luchadors. They're all they're, they're the perfect tag team. <laughs> no, they can't beat a thrown together tag team. I'm like, God damn it! Give them the win in Montreal. Let them cheat. I don't care. Give them the win. I was like, I, I was like, I guess I was so angry I blocked it out of my mind because I couldn't tell you a lot about this match. I remember watching it. Uh, I watched it Sunday morning. I remember watching it. I can't tell you a lot about it. It was just like it kind of just happened. Uh, but yeah, I was so mad that 2.0 lost. Oh no! Exactly. Because I still call him that. How are you? Because yeah, tag team have, should have names. How are you gonna have Ange take the pin when he's actively trying to like woo Ruby Soho? Yes. I'm and, sorry, dude. You gotta let you let this man get some dubs. So that way, Ruby actually has to hope that like you know the guy I'm not falling for is not a loser. Well, uh, uh, let me let you know this. That might be why they fall in love because they both lose all the time. God. my girl ruby deserves better you know you know she seems happy though she says she's never leaving i'll give her that you know let let people be happy but yes i'm from the outside looking in and i'm just like you you, you you deserve so much better i would i would i would but like you know my heart belongs to one girl the the time right now uh, the time in AEW is not to be a real tag team in AEW. This Apparently is not, not, not a good time to be a real tag team in AEW. Uh, they seem to hate their tag team division right now. I don't know why, but, uh, if we talk yeah. about that enough, like you'll pull your hair out. Exactly. And I don't have a lot, so I'm not going to do that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so no, like, um, but Oh, yeah. If you ever see me wearing a hat in a picture, that means I didn't shave my head that day. That's it. <laughs> I am not a hat person. But, yeah, if you see me, like, wearing a hat, yeah, I just, I didn't shave. <laughs> I, I, don't, yeah. I, I didn't want the bald spot to be, uh, like, so predominant. Got it. Well, moving on to the main event of Collision, it is another Blue League matchup. Andrade El Idolo versus Brian Danielson. Uh, obviously, you know, shit's taped but like the idea is that these guys had to wrestle two nights in a row like danielson had to wrestle two nights in a row or two times in the same week at the very least and he took a beating like they heavily worked on his injured eye like heavily ripped the uh the uh eye patch off and like his eye was just like woof they did a really good job and andrade was vicious and all that type of stuff if you uh, if you're going to do a Brian Danielson match where he has to lose, this is where you do it. You got to do it like that, where yes. like you know have yes. like full on pressure on like a like severe injury that he is guarding basically. Yeah, uh, and Andrade but, is not the bad guy. You come in to a physical sport with a fucking eye patch on. I'm going after your eye. <laughs> It's 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 Murphy's law. Yeah, it's like you say, don't touch the eye. Touch the the eye. eye. I'm just like it's it's MMA. It's all these things. If you walk in with a knee brace, first thing I'm doing is trying Danielson to kick you would in the absolute, knee. And Danielson yeah. would be the same way. You have a weakness, he's targeting that weakness. Yeah, this is just how the shit works. And Danielson just got the shit kicked out of him. And again, he was being worked into a point where you know he still could have actually had it because at, at, after like the 15 minute mark. Danielson did have the label lock, but eventually he was able to still get out of it, and his eye is still, like, basically swelled up. But then Danielson proceeds to get hit with a spinning elbow, and then gets double-kneed in the corner. Uh, 
and then just gets a nice uh I guess his finisher right now is a uh Hammerlock DDT. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, he's got that and Andrade gets the victory and hands Danielson his first loss in the tournament and Andrade holding firm over the Blue League right now. He's 3 and 0 with 9 points uh with two matches remaining. Correct? Correct. So, uh, yeah, big, no. big win for Andrade. It, like I said, I, I'm glad to see that Andrade is getting huge rubs from and, this. And, from this and, I'm loving. Yeah, I was going to say that was going to be my biggest thing is that I love that Andrade is being very booked very strong in this uh, tournament. Uh, you know, you brought him over from WWE. We I mean, we all saw him as the guy in NXT and he was oh, yeah. putting on amazing matches. So it was like he hasn't been able since the time with Zelina Vega. He hasn't really been able to catch the smoke, and it looks catch catch that fire that he had. And now uh, with Lana, who's also very good on the mic, or CJ Perry is very good on the mic. Hopefully, uh, he can find what made him Andrade again. No question. Yeah, and since now uh, we got. what was I going to say? Uh, Andrade now. There is a great little moment where they set up for uh, Andrade's next match. Because the BCC, Claudio and Yuta, come out to check on Danielson. And Andrade, who was checking on Danielson, gets shoved out of the way by Claudio. And he's just looking over at him. And that's who he'll face this week on Collision in this next uh, Blue League matchup. So I like there was a little bit of a moment there, too, where, like, you know, there's... Now, Dan- now Claudio's not only winning this for the tournament, but it's like, I'm doing this because you you hurt my teammate. Yeah, which is, you know. Yeah, no. Like, uh, like well, I said, it's these mini stories that come out of these tournaments that yeah. are good. Like, I, I like and, the- and, and that's, you know, and Claudio, he's been that way since he joined the Blackpool Combat Club. You mess with anybody in the Blackpool Combat Club, he's coming to mess you up. He will a thousand percent mess you up. Uh, but that was Collision, so we will move over to AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming, which opened up with a Samoa Joe promo where he comes out basically being like, I'm looking for answers because I made a promise that MJF, I would keep him whole until World's End where I would dismantle him myself. But I was made into a liar last week when I came out here to the mat- uh, to the uh, – uh, machinations of a devil and he looked up at the screen he saw mjf lying laying in the back and it pretend it potentially jeopardizes his AEW world championship opportunity so now one can't stand on the tracks of destiny and not get one over so what's going to happen tonight is i walked in the back last week with mjf lying on the ground i saw a beer bottle a certain beer brand that a certain cowboy likes busted over mjf's head and then as I got closer, I noticed a certain stent of Stetson in disappointment. And I've smelled this before. And as I walked up around the building, a certain hangman was missing. And then Adam Page comes out and he goes, Joe, if, there, if there's something you want to accuse me of, just say it to my face like the man I thought you were. Because if you think it's me, if you think I have anything to do with it, if you think I give a damn about the devil, you'd be wrong because I do not care. And Samoa Joe proceeds like, you not you may not care, but you made the mistake of thinking I came out here to like a detective. I've already made up my mind because I'm an executioner, not a detective. And Hangman says, you want to do something about it, do it. And that's when Roderick Strong comes out screaming basically, 
You were so lucky they didn't hurt you last week. But listen, you got to listen to Hangman. I hate to say it, but he's my young boy. I'll never forget about that. Nice little nod to their history in Ring of Honor. Um, But he goes, listen, have you seen the things that have been happening? Jay White asked for a world title shot. He gets attacked. The acclaimed lose a tag match for Max. They get attacked. The goons attack Max on the 29th, but they don't lay a single shot on him, and you have to come to his aid. Then last week, we never saw the devil saw them physically touch him, just him lying there. It's obvious, Joe. It's obviously Max. Max is the devil. I wouldn't lie, lie to you. I'm not talking to you, Adam. Like I'm talking, like I'm talking to my best friend by proxy, Samoa Joe, to where Adam Page was tired of hearing it, and he knocks at Roderick Strong down, and then what's crazy is like that happens, and then we immediately go into the match. Like, it, like we knew this match was happening, but then it's like they fought, and like Hangman swung, and then Aubrey comes out, and then all of a sudden the match is happening. It threw me off, honestly. Yeah, I'm sitting in the building. And I saw Aubrey standing there, and I was like, oh, so they're going straight into the match. And she was kind of in the back where the camera wouldn't see. But Samoa Joe, the best pissed-off promo in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, all you got to do is, like, Joe Samoa. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Those fired up, go. And he's going to cut at some stuff and he's going to say just like the most normal stuff, but he's going to say it in a Samoa Joe way that immediately thinks somebody's about to get messed up. Then then hangman comes out and hangman, you know, I give him shit because it's fun for me to give him shit, but he comes out and plays his perfect role because he came out like the badass that he was like who comes to Samoa Joe and says, say it to my face. Generally only people that want to die, but hangman comes out there and he's just like, he's already buckshot uh, Samoa Joe back to hell. He's like, I'm above this. I don't know what the hell this devil thing is. This has nothing to do with me. Like this is obviously a frame job. And Samoa Joe's like, dude, I didn't. I didn't want to hear your excuses. I'm here to mess you up, kind of thing. So, yeah. Like, and do you think I'm trying to play a detective? Yeah. No. no. Roddy Strong comes out, and he is just, you know, 
I've always thought he was an amazing wrestler. Roderick Strong never puts on a boring match, but his character work in AEW has been uh, surprisingly great because of how annoying it is. It is like he is like very, very Samoa. Like it's it's legit nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, it's way too much, and for me, way too much works. So I love it, and yeah, and how they went into this match, and it was yeah, it was. Really good match. It was a banger. It was like yeah, no, again, it was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. Like well, anything I'll say about Hangman, generally just in jest. But the most of the stuff I'll say about Hangman, it never has to do with his in ring work. What I have to say about Roddy Strong never has to do with his in ring work. And they went out there and killed it. And you would have thought this was a match in the C two until you know until the interference at the end. But you would have thought this was a match in the C two because they went out there and just went balls to the wall for twenty minutes and then. After some interference, we ended up uh, getting. Um, uh, he did the, the what's it called the the last yeah no the the finish took place basically the, he did the dead eye. Can dead I just eye. say yeah also honestly for a man that like listen Hangman has one of the best finishes uh, with the Buckshot Larry. Buckshot Larry is such a fucking good finish. Um, like it's so good that even CM Punk can't do it. Like it's crazy. Uh, but, uh, the dead eye that he hits on strong, like, dude, that shit looked terrible. Like, I'm sorry. Like he didn't even touch the ground. I didn't, I have not watched it from the TV perspective. He yes. 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 Ground. That is what we said to, uh, that, uh, we were, uh, me and my friend Jay, who was at the show, we were looking and it was like, did his head even touch the ground? It didn't and, even come close. And I, that's what I was like. And I thought it might've been TV magic thing. We might've been able to play it off. But, uh, Roderick really wants to stay next strong. Cause he did not take that bump on yeah, his no, neck. He, he was not taking that bump. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, and look, here's the thing. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. not a fun bump to take, but yeah. It, it, and and it, like, my, like I made the joke. I'm like, he didn't even get. He didn't even touch it. Like, he didn't even touch the ground. Yes. And Cindy goes, like, you do know it's fake, right? I'm like, yes, but the move for, for AEW, like, the wrestling is the focus. Yes, uh, otherwise... So should not look that yeah. fake. Uh, otherwise, spectacular match was downgraded just a little bit by shitty finish. And, and that was one of those things I want... I, I, you know, like, I am not a wrestler. I've never been in no. the ring. Never had to communicate. But I feel like... Like Roddy should have known that his head didn't hit the ground, or hang because Hangman's like looking the other way, so he literally has no idea what's going on. Roddy can tap him and you like hit the buckshot anyway, or some shit like that. So or do the move again or whatever to clean it up. But it did look ugly. I mean, again, it was you know you got to be willing to forgive, but yeah. It was just like, it feels like I was hoping one of the person people could know. Like, hey, my head didn't hit the ground. That's bad. You know, let's do that moving in. Yeah, no, the match itself was good, I will say. Like, it was still good, but, like, I saw that. I, I couldn't get over it, honestly. Um, but, yeah, Hangman gets the win, and we move on to another Continental Classic Blue League matchup. Andrade continuing a stretch of, like, really good matches in the Blue League. He faces off against Brody King and these guys. Like, again, they are, like, it's insane just the work rate that you're getting in the Blue League, too. Like, it's just insane. Like, and it's it's the case, too, with both leagues. But, like, I don't know. For me, especially, the Blue League just seems to be, like, really, like, carrying some heavy, like, work rate related shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
it, I don't know why it, it feel it feels like they're just like fucking really laying into it. Yeah, you know and it, mean? and it's reminding me like it's almost like one group is the wrestlers and one's the fighters, even though there's a good mix in both of them. Yeah, and it just feels like every match on Collision is a fight more than a wrestling match. This like, one too, because I mean, like, dude, they chopped the fuck out of each other. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, oh my god, they chopped. Yeah, and Brody King, man. I, I don't I don't know for anybody if you ever get a chance to meet an AEW him he'd be the wrestler I was like because he is large and then you see him in person he just seems so much larger I felt like a child when I met House of Black at Double or Nothing yes he just seems so much larger he's like you'd swear he's seven foot tall he's not but you'd swear it just in his presence kind of thing and so, yeah straight up yeah and this match was like perfectly played the monster and then andrade just has to be a little tougher than the monster and he goes after his legs so that's smart yeah no straight up he goes after the, his legs really works on it and eventually he was able to actually make that giant ass tree tumble because there's a point where uh an exposed turnbuckle was uh pulled out and then uh brody's head gets thrown into it he gets hit with the hammerlock ddt and he gets a massive win over Brody King. And again, yeah. Andrade yeah. Uh, continued to be undefeated. So Brody King hadn't just won his first two matches. He had been dominating in his first two matches. Yes. So that made the Andrade win over Brody seem even more impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, he is 3-0 and with the win and hands Brody King his first loss. So he's handed two wrestlers in the Blue League their first loss. So Danielson and Brody King. Right behind him uh, with six points. So that's massive uh, for Andrade to get when he's already got two wins over guys that are like on his tail in that spot. So all he needs to do is take care of business with his last two matches against uh, Claudio and Eddie. And he could go ahead and take the blue league. But he's got some tough opponents in those two to try to be able to close things out. Um, moving on, we had a backstage interview with the Von Erichs, Kevin Von, Von Erich, and he's got his sons, Marshall and Ross, and they were back in Dallas, and uh, they talked about it, and uh, talked about how they were happy to be at AEW, and then Danhausen with Orange Cassidy and Trent walk out, and basically goes, Orange talks to them, goes, I got a match on Rampage, and I need two partners. Uh, you guys cool to tag with me on Rampage? And Danhausen's just like, yo, you're portraying us. What the hell? He's like, what? No, we're in Texas, so it's fine. Uh, and Marshall and Ron Ross Von Eric agree, and they will be teaming with uh, Orange Cassidy in a trios match to face Daddy Magic, Cool Hand, and Jake Hager on Rampage. I got to tell you, Von Eric's. I mean, seeing the Von Eric's in Dallas, you know, warms the cockles of my soul because, uh, you know, when I grew up, the first family of professional wrestling was the Von Eric's to me. And, yeah. Um, I grew up with Carrie and Kevin and all that stuff. And so seeing Kevin at an arena in Dallas, it's like, yeah, there was a young Floyd in me like, oh my God, you can't believe this is happening. So that, that was cool. But, uh, yeah, uh, how they did it was pretty funny. It was just like, yeah, I, yeah, and then I, their little, their little hand in hands in moment with the Von Ericks was quite funny. I don't know. If I'm going to see Iron Claw, I don't know if you plan to see it, but uh, I do plan on seeing it. For actually, all of yes. you, yeah, like I, I keep telling people, I, d I don't know if I'm going to see it. 
unfortunately for me, being 40, what is it? How old am I? 42 years old. <laughs> uh, I almost said 43. That's next year. 42 years old. I unfortunately had the pleasure, regret of living through the Von Erics. Like, right, so all you already our, know this story too all, all of my first losses in wrestling, as far as favorite wrestlers that passed away, had to do with the Von Erics. So while I wanted it to do well, and I will probably just buy a ticket so it gets my support, I don't feel like I feel like, I don't know if I feel like bawling in public in front of people I don't know. And if you know how the story ends, that's how it's going to end for me is bawling in public. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, I was I was curious how your thoughts would be about actually seeing it because I was going to say, you lived this story. Yes, I, and that's why I tell people. I'm like, I'm not in the family, but uh, World Class was, you know, for the first few years of my life, the prior primary wrestling company i watched world class was real rex wrestling and wwf was that other shit you know that kind of thing and then, <laughs> and then it was crockett and all that kind of stuff it was just like world class was like probably my first wrestling so as much as i love you know von x and i want this movie to make a ton of money and i hope people win oscars and all that stuff i mean i have no doubt about the success i don't know if i want to watch it though I get it. I totally get it. So I do plan on watching it. Um, like I said, every, everything that I've seen of it looks spectacular. Um, and it just looks like they really, like, you know, they didn't pull any punches. And that's really kind of like if you're going to do this story. Yeah, do it right. You got to be faithful and you got to do it right. You can't pull any punches. Yeah, it was like uh, I'd heard there was a Vince McMahon biography coming out. And it was just like. Well, Vince wants the last say. I'm like, well, then don't do the movie. And don't do the yeah. yeah like, then, then you're just doing Swamp Kings. Yes, don't 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 do the movie. If if don't he do that. if he needs the final say, don't do the movie. Urban Meyer can eat a dick. You you get Urban Meyer for that documentary, and everything's completely swept under the rug. Yes. Bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Either way, moving on. The Golden Jets come out. Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho and. Uh, they talk about how it's been a while since we've been in uh, Dallas and it's because uh, and why we've been here just on dynamite because big bill and Ricky Starks attacked Jericho after full gear. It's like pretty much dislocated my elbow, put me out for a few weeks. Then they took out uh, Kenny Omega after his match with Ethan page. And listen, uh, they need to get their sorry asses out here. Sorry asses out here. Sorry. Um, Oh God. If you got a Canadian, and you don't know if a person's Canadian, you really don't know, just ask, tell them to say sorry. That's pretty much it, yeah. Dude, I, you've seen these people with elocution, perfect perfect diction. They can say it, but when they say sorry, Canada comes out all the way. Yep. There <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, you revealed yourself. Yes. Um, so Ricky Starks and Big Bill come out, and Ricky goes like, um, oh, you miss me? So listen. This whole situation is funny because I've got no problem with Kenny. Like, thank you for this great place that we have called AEW. Jericho, really nothing to really think because you just suck the life out of every single thing. And it makes me question you, Kenny, because do you really think you can trust Jericho? Like, look at the inner circle. Look at the JAS. Look what he's done to the people that, that trust him in the past. And Big Bill proceeds to say that, Kenny, if you look at Chris and what he's actually done to you, if Chris attacked you randomly 
on the drop of a dime, we would actually just be surprised. Nobody here would be surprised. Like, I'm just letting you know that. And Kenny goes, so you're basing this off of the trust between us? Like, do you, I trust you? You know I don't trust you, Jericho. But you're talking about track records. Let's look at your past because uh, they bring up the firm, which literally nobody even, like, like smirks or anything like that. He's like, can't say I do either, basically. They're like, yep, that shit sucked. Um, and the firm that you had with MJF is more like the flaccid, being less firm and a little more up your alley, something, I don't know, soft. But when it comes to beatdowns, uh, he's like, I'm pretty much the king of receiving them. So you guys talk a big game. We've earned ourselves a tag title shot down the road. And on December 30th at World's End, we're thinking the Golden Jets take the two titles off your waist and place them around ours. Uh, And Ricky goes, that's all fine and good, but you two are the number one contenders. I'm going to speak for both of us and say you're on. But before we even get to World's End, Chris... I hope you remember January because back in January, I actually beat you. And uh, Big Bill was like, oh, you know, I, you actually beat him uh, twice. You also beat him on pay-per-view. Um, so they's like, I've already done half the work. And I know you in and out. And I know what you're all about. We are the best tag team that there is because we are AEW's tag team champions. And uh, they, uh, Jericho was like, you keep bragging about how this team doesn't have a name. You need one. They call him the absolute shits. And then they call him Big Billy Starks. And they keep trying over and over and over again. Uh, And Ricky goes like, I can excuse the name, but I can't excuse the outfit where you went to a local Hot Topic and said, give me the best stuff you got. And Jericho proceeds to say, you say I'm a clown vampire. Believe me, if I was going to suck my fangs into anybody, I would do it with somebody with a lot more clout than you. Because from where I'm standing, all I see is a better dressed, less charismatic version of Enzo Amore. To which Omega goes, give Enzo credit. At least he would hype Big Bill up and not take all the spotlight. And that's when Ricky just flies off and just says, like, you guys take the spotlight a little too far. But you talk about the way I dress. You talk about Big Bill. Jericho, nobody cares anymore. I'm tired of you. And Kenny, you're starting to piss me off. You want war? Bring it at World's End. We will take you two on because we are the best damn tag team there is. And they call them winnipeg scumbags and and he goes goodbye good night bang okay was this segment as bad present oh as bad on tv as twitter thinks it did i will tell you this didn't hit for me i will say i don't know if it was the drizzling shits like everyone's saying on twitter and freaking out about but it did not hit for me for sure I will say, well, the way how I took it is no one wants Kenny Omega tagging with Chris Jericho in this promo session was just a reason for them to say, I told you, I told you that he shouldn't be tagging with Chris Jericho. As a person that has, let's see, um, minus the character, uh, zero interest in this storyline whatsoever. <laughs> Do not give off fuck about Ricky Starks and Big Bill as tag champions. Do not give a fuck about Chris Jericho and uh, uh, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega as a tag team. Like, I could not care less about this segment. I'm watching it, and I'm just like... I mean, I honestly didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was dull. 
you know, no, but it, 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 say like pretty much about that with like <laughs> it was like you know the part where they were trying to give them a name. I was just kind of like, all right, uh, wrap yeah. it up, boys. Yes, yes. you're losing them. You're I'm losing like, them. I don't know if they came up with that or they wrote it. It was terrible. I mean, there was a yeah. whole bunch of different. Things. There was that part that <laughs> I was like that, and I was like, I could tell like, oh, we're losing them. Okay, let's name drop Enzo Amore. Yes, I always say this about Kenny Omega as a person that enjoys Kenny Omega's in ring work. I always say when people talk about being the best professional wrestler in the world, I always say my, my a professional wrestler is from curtain to curtain, from the time you come out to the time you go back. Whether you're wrestling in the ring, whether you're quoting a promo. All that's included in a pro wrestler. The reason I will never say Kenny Omega is the best pro wrestler in the world is because he's not good on the mic. He is average at best. Average. Yeah, I just he's just not. It's just it doesn't seem like it's something. There's you, parts where yeah, like there's, there's some stuff something. that he does. Yeah, there's yeah. stuff that he does. Like honestly, I think some of the best mic stuff he's done is like when he's doing his video game feud shit with Xavier Woods in the New Day. Yes, like I, if you watch some of the stuff like that that whole Street Fighter thing they did with the New Day and the Elite, like that shit was funny because like when the New Day go huddled up and they're like trying to come up with a plan, and Kenny just grabs the mic goes. Are they waiting for their team of writers to write their promo for them? Like, that right there was, like, one of the most vicious things he said on the mic. And then, like, as they're trying to go back at him, he's like, I doubt it. I doubt you do. I doubt you do. Like, you don't write your own shit. Yes. Um, Like, that right there, I was like, you know, again, that was good. And, like, he's he's funny when he's on the mic, too. This shit wasn't that. And like I said, when I talk about it, I even say, I always have the built-in excuse, I don't think he cares about promos. You know, there are people that care about doing a great promo every time, and there's some people that that's not their favorite thing to do in the world. Whatever. Whatever you want to go there. This was so bad, and you got one of the best entertainers ever to exist, Chris Jericho, and he could not save this segment. Yeah, no, and also, too, it's like, you're, I think you're seeing in real time people turn on Chris Jericho heavily. Yes, which makes no effing sense to me. I was going to say, I've, I know you have some thoughts about that. Dude, this company doesn't exist. How they get a TV deal, how they get on TV, is they needed a named wrestler in the company. Yes. The biggest name you could find available. There was no Hulk Hogan's, but you had fucking Chris and Jericho. And there was no CM Punk. You got Chris yeah, Jericho. You got Chris Jericho. He, he's, I mean... Cody has said it. The Young Bucks have said it. Kenny Omega have said it. When they're not in character, when they're just talking like their normal selves, this doesn't exist without Chris Jericho. So I'm like, and everybody's like, well, all he does, no one comes out better. I mean, all he did was put over Ricky Starks. He put over Action Andrade and didn't get his feedback. All he's been doing is losing. I even complained he's been losing too much. So mm-hmm. I'm like, he, what, he, he lost to everybody. I mean, like, he went to that other company, um, forgot, uh, what was it called, uh, with Takeshita, where they had the match with Takeshita, uh, uh, DDT, yeah. and they booked that match, and they booked him to win, right? But other than that, this dude has been, like, on the longest losing streak ever. All he does is lose. And I just don't understand how people can be like, well, the only thing he does is look like Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho's a legend. It is important for Chris Jericho to matter in AEW because when yeah, he you, matters, you want, you want to know um, mm-hmm. it, at least going to AEW's roster page right now what his record stands as right now. What is it? His 2023 overall record is 14 and 11. 
He is four and five in singles matches, seven and three in tag team, two and three in trios. Yes, yes, and this is the guy that only puts himself over. Like, be be serious at some point, you know, at this point. It's like this dude just loses and loses and loses. It's like yeah, You know who has a better singles match singles record than uh Chris Jericho currently? Who? Danhausen. He's three and L. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs beat him in a complete squash in seven twenty four. He's lost to Powerhouse Hobbs. He's lost to Ricky Starks. On the biggest stage ever, he lost to Will Ospreay. I'm like, where is all this winning? Where is this Chris Jericho that's keeping everybody down? I mean, I'm I'm obviously missing it. (laughs) Like, where is this guy at? He loses all the time. He's once, I mean, he's an AEW dad at this point. Yeah, no, like... Is Chris Jericho my favorite, like, AEW guy? No. Has he been part of some of my favorite AEW feuds? Yes. But, like I said, the way that people have turned on Jericho, like, so fast is quite spectacular to see, honestly. Um, Now, that being said, uh, I don't think he... Like, honestly, I think Ricky was doing everything in his damn power to make people care about this. That last moment uh, where he just started going off in that promo, just screaming. Like, you could see him trying to just, like, put something in here. Because, like, again, it was just, like, there was nothing here. This is a nothing feud. The Golden Jets is a nothing tag team. People want to see Kenny Omega. People wanted to see Kenny Omega in the Continental Classic. So, like, like, straight up. Like, it's kind of insane to me when you think about, like, hey, this Continental Classic that we have in AEW, there's no elite representation in it at all. Correct. So, yeah. The people, and if there was going to be somebody in there, it would be Kenny Omega. Correct. The people that Jericho have beat this year, Peter Avalon, Keith Lee, which, come on, is Keith Lee being booked strong? Uh, Commander, uh, and then Sammy Guevara, which forced for a storyline for Sammy Guevara to turn on Chris Jericho. So where who's he burying? His last title, the last time he held the title in AEW was the world title in year one. <laughs> in year one. Any title. I mean, I guess you can count the ROH title, but any AEW title, he's only held one. What are we doing? Why do we hate Chris Jericho? I don't know. Yeah, like, I, just, I just, I just don't know. But that's, yeah. it. Just seems like where we're at right now. Yeah, like, why, um, why, why do we? I don't understand. Please explain to me why we hate Chris Jericho. I, you know, you know, I'll jump on. You know, let's go. But <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why we hate Chris Jericho right now. We'll move, move on anyway. Um. Uh, the Outcasts had Ruby Soho versus Riho in a match, uh, which was fine enough. I thought Riho did a good job. I liked uh, uh, Ruby getting some work in there. Like it was fine. Like I don't think it was anything like uh, crazy. But I did love the fact that we got Tony Storm on commentary. Um, so, just uh, asked uh, her, course. asking like, like, do you want me to do color? Do you want me to do play by play? 
See, uh, I missed all of that because I haven't watched the actual live back. So, yeah, she was funny because she I, was good. I saw a tweet that they said, "I'm." It sucks that this match between Rio and Soraya was overshadowed by Tony Storm on the mic. So, I mean, I, dog, can you blame her though? Like, like straight up. Like, I listen. I love Ruby Soho. I love Rio. Timeless Tony Storm is devouring the entire women's division because, like I said. Like, she is just all-encompassing and, like, is, like, all people can talk about when it comes to the women's division. Like, it's just where we're at right now. She is the most talked about, like, she, like it's, it's, it's insane. Like I said, she's made this work so heavily, and people just can't get over her. I can't get over her. She is very talented. I dig the whole thing that they're doing. Don't get me wrong. It's like, like I said, if any, if there was a lack of interest in Rio and Ruby Soho, it had nothing to do with Tony Storm. No. Everyone no. knew was who was winning that match. When the match started, I'm like, I am a person, I have hold it, held going to the bathroom till I was in physical pain to not miss a part of the show. I went to the bathroom. Not because, oh, no, not, a, not the disrespect to the women's division, it's just there was no doubt in my mind who was winning this match. Yes, and it's because Reho, uh, I mean, uh, R- Ruby Soho, like, has to be booked better. Has to be. Like, I'm sorry, like she, like she is the person where you put her in a match. Everyone knows whoever she's wrestling will win, and you can't have her be like that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just. I know I am a wrestling fan, so I understand the idea that someone has to lose, but it doesn't have to be the same one over and over and over and over and over and over again. Pick somebody else on the roster. You have so many people that Rio could have got this win against that were not Ruby. Yeah, so either way, moving on, we had a gold league matchup in the Continental Classic, Roosh versus Jay Lethal, um, and this one was fine. I thought this was a fine enough uh, Continental Classic match. It wasn't anything, like, insane. Like, obviously, these are two guys. Uh, Roosh is trying to stay uh, in pace with everybody else uh, in near the top of the gold league. Jay Lethal was just trying to get a win. Uh, he did not. So. I loved how they. You saw Jay Lethal's frustration in the match. You saw Heavily, it after yes. the match. It was like this is what's supposed to happen when you you're you know losing this much in this. When you're tournament. zero four in a tournament <laughs> like this, it's got a way on you. Yes, and I loved how that was represented by them. Yeah. Um. So this one was a fine uh, match. We then had uh, Jay White versus. Mark Briscoe. And do we talk about it? I mean not the match, I mean the the Dem Boys shit. Oh, I was not going to bring it up because I was gonna say, because I don't uh, care. Like it's, uh, it's like it's like quite frankly, like all I'll say on the matter is Briscoe is allowed to feel how he wants to feel. I'm not gonna tell him how to feel about anything related to that. And for wrestling fans to try to even lay their two cents on that. Y'all don't have a piece in this. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I mean, like Jay, I, I do. I care why. Like, if over a tweet, would I get mad? I don't know. Like, I don't. I didn't go through that. Yes. I, and, but I'm not gonna tell him how to feel or how to act. All I'll say, 
big you know i'm a big fan of the briscoes they didn't invent the term dim boys and i if you if it's gonna be a time they use it for wrestling they are who they are in wrestling but it is used outside of wrestling quite often and i can imagine the social media guy for fox who is a whole job is to cover wwe and try to make interesting tweets had no idea who the briscoes were Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I, I'm I'm willing to bet a check on it. Yeah. yeah like, right. like no idea. I'm like, I, yeah. you know, as, as a person that loves the Briscoes, every tweet that comes out from the the Fox, WF Fox, SmackDown again. Casual accounts. Yes. Yeah. From that Fox account. I'm sorry they didn't know it to me. But I will never tell someone how they should feel. Did it probably exactly. hurt? Especially... With this being pretty much the anniversary of their last ROH That's match. That's what I'm saying, guys. So, like, it, again. It's, it's raw. I mean, like, the match he performed last night was in the arena of their last ROH match. If you don't think he's going through emotional things, you you forget the fact that he's human. So, yes. I you know, I think his reaction was his reaction. And, you know, if you saw me, I never tweeted, retweeted, liked anything because... To me, it was just like he had the way to feel the way he wanted to feel. Yes. And I don't think you have to show how much you love the Briscoes by talking about wanting to hurt somebody in all caps and somebody should get fired. Yes. He, I mean, he should get fired because he didn't know the Briscoes exist. For so, running a WWE Twitter anywhere account. Anywhere in the WWE Twitter account. Two guys. Uh, Who have never wrestled in uh, WWE. WWE yes. Yeah, so I mean, like that's not who yeah, they're paid to tweet about. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I mean, this is a perfectly reasonable ex- escape. I never, I don't mind hating on WWE. Believe me, I will jump on and set the motherfuckers on fire all the time. But yeah, this ain't it. No, as the saying again, goes. No, and and then, <laughs> and and, it, and again, like I said, this is no reason to be like furious about the tweet, and this is also no reason to be furious at Mark. Yeah. He feels the way he feels because this happened to him, not you. Correct. Stop acting like this involves you. Yeah. I mean, again, you're allowed to feel the way you feel, but it's just like some of yeah. these I would like with and social I, and media. And I'm allowed to tell you to shut yeah. the fuck up. Yes, and but the thing with social media uh the thing with social media is that, you know, everything gets elevated to this stupid oh, level and it was just like I mean, that's why I didn't. I didn't want to like uh, give a lot of time to it. I just, I, I wanted to know straight up from you because I, I didn't see you say anything on it, and I figured that's how you wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't say anything on it because I, I just honestly didn't think it was anything to say. Nothing more else to say than everything <laughs> <you> said. <laughs> it's like it is what it is, and yeah, I shit Briscoes forever, man. It's like I love Jay Briscoe is literally the only reason I'm going to final battle tomorrow. Like, I was going to Collision this weekend, and I just kind of, like, I, I was like, I, I like Athena, but I was like, is that a reason to travel all the, travel to Dallas to watch an Athena match? And then they was like, oh, we're doing kind of a Briscoe's tribute. I'm like, okay, I'm there. There you go. Yeah. So, so. But the actual match between Jay White and Mark Briscoe was pretty damn good, I would say. Um, they got some nice... Uh, shots in there and these guys are are familiar with each other too um nice like ring of honor uh new japan type crossover sort of thing um 
but it was a it was a good match uh, that basically happened when uh, uh, he tried to go for the froggy bow, but he got countered as his knees got raised. Like Jay raised the knees up and then proceeded to hit him with the Blade Runner, and then Mark Briscoe takes a pin. Uh, so at the bottom of the Gold League and currently out of contention are Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe. So they are they are both out of contention. Um, so they they cannot win the they cannot win the Gold League. So um, it's unfortunate, uh, but at least one of them will be. Uh, yeah, at least one of them will be getting a win. Uh, so we'll see which one of them it is. So. Yeah, um, it's gotta be. I mean, for it's gotta me, be Mark. it gotta be Mark. I think the storyline works better with Jay Lethal and his uh, frustration. Mark yeah. Briscoe has this thing of saying because this, he could blame the whole reasoning, being like, you know, you banned everybody from ringside. I didn't have my friends with me. Yeah, you screwed me over. Yeah, yeah. Why did this tournament have people banned from ringside? This is bullshit. So, but we then closed out the show with John Moxley versus Swerve Strickland. In a gold league matchup in the in the C two, and these two guys both undefeated headed into this match. This was my highly most highly anticipated match in this entire tournament. I would it, say it, it was the match of the tournament, and it too. was the match of the tournament. Yes, they killed it, absolutely killed it. The way they just exchange, there was a point where they were exchanging headbutts, just smack smacking chops. Uh, Moxley was throwing him in, into steel steps. Uh, just the way they were just beating the living hell out of each other. Um, there was even a point too where uh, they uh, like just yeah. I mean they were just beating the shit out of each other. And Swerve, like I said, has he's established himself as one of my like top tier guys right now in AEW, which is why I was absolutely furious when Moxley won. I was absolutely furious. Now, I talked to Floyd about this before the show, and his argument was basically, this isn't Swerve's hill to die on. Swerve is destined for like championship gold, and it's like big-time championship gold. I agree with him on that. More so, like I said, I was getting frustrated because it's like Moxley being undefeated. Who could have seen that coming? Like that was it was it was it was tiresome to me. And again, that's personally just for me having like Blackpool Combat Club fatigue. That's just me having fatigue on like yes. that sort of thing. Like obviously Danielson and Claudio are they're kind of like their own entities, you know what I mean? Because they're just like they're in the BCC, but they're also just being themselves like when they were in Ring of Honor and like before they got signed to WWE, and I like seeing them do their style before they got signed by WWE. Like, so that's just how that is. <laughs> So Mox debuted on pretty much night one of AEW, and he has been the most most protected wrestler in AEW. Like, name the people he's lost to, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you can literally name them. Like, it's only like five. He lost a Texas death match to Lance Archer. He lost to uh, Kenny Omega. He lost to Hangman. And he's lost to Orange Cassidy, and he lost to CM Punk. I think that's it. After he beat CM Punk in like uh, like a minute, three minutes, yeah, yeah. in three minutes, yeah. So this man is one of the most protected people in AEW. His career record on the website is listed as one hundred and twenty-six to twenty-three and one. Yeah, 
So let me do the math on that actually real quick because I'm curious about that. So six and they're plus talking. But plus the whole thing about his thing is they are including matches where he was in tag teams in the yes. tag team loss. Those are not all him getting pinned or submitted. You know. Yeah. <laughs> he has an 84 percent win rate, like over 80 percent, like maybe 85. I would think. That's insane. It is insane. Yeah, so. absolutely insane. No, and, I, and, I, and like I said, I totally get it. He is their ace. He And it makes all the sense. He was the paradigm shift that really set things going uh, when they did Double or Nothing 1. I, I, I 1,000% get it. Um, it's just his character is very simple and it can wear thin occasion is the only thing I would say. Absolutely, but, absolutely, and it, it would help me a little bit more. Like, I honestly, it's just more so the fact that like we joke about how Moxley's never been able to like actually take a break. I think the fans may need like a break from Moxley just in a in, in occasions because I feel like if they gave him a little time to just go off and disappear and then he came back, I think a Moxley return pop would be huge if they actually gave him some legit time to like you know step away. Um, now that being said, I do think like he. Uh, has a chance to be the guy to go on to win the gold league. Um, he's got a uh, relatively uh, like he's got a relatively like not the easiest opponent to face. But he's got Jay White who's right on his tail, so it's not an easy opponent to face. But in my mind, Moxley wins it. But uh, we will see if that's going to be the case. Uh, but even still, it's like I do think there may be a point where like you know. Hey Mox, maybe you can actually take that vacation you've been trying to, like, because he tried to like step away for a little while, like a couple years ago, and like they had they needed him back. Like he was supposed to be on a break when uh, uh, Forbidden Door One happened, and like, hey, Dude. Punk's hurt. We need you to wrestle Tanahashi. Yeah, it's like all uh, all, all due respect to Mister Darren Young. Uh, Mox is the real Mister No Days Off. That dude, honestly, that, that dude wrestle every day. And I know he loves it, and like people love him, and like I, I respect the hell out of him. But you know, dude could take a break if he wanted to, and like I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. I mean, it is. It's one of those things. It is what it is. Like, like you can't. It like it, it's like Mox beating Swerve was like to me out of the other four people the only acceptable answer. Oh, I mean, like of any people that were going to beat Swerve, yes, yes, like. The Mox was the only acceptable because Mox is that's how he's booked. I mean, he's the Undertaker of AEW. You know, he doesn't lose that often. <laughs> you know, and when you lose, you've done something big. Like when you beat you beat him, it matters. You know, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. But it's still outstanding, dude. Outstanding dude. match. Edge of my seat. Whose house? Swerve's house. All no, and that, that right there is, like I said, this is the match where, like, nobody had a clue. Yes. They didn't but, have a clue. But that that fan base, like, if you're like, oh, man, you should always put the make the winner whoever the fans are behind, which you should never do. That would be stupid. Dude, Swerve was very much the over guy in that building. I'd say it was 80-20, Swerve to Mox. And, uh -huh. yeah, everybody was doing the dance. Everybody was up. And I got to say, shout out to our friends in Arlington, Texas. They made 2,500 sound like 7,500. Oh, they, they were, were loud. loud. They were loud and chanting 
the whole show. Uh, I mean, you thought, I mean, I honestly thought the Jericho segment might, you know, kill him. And they came back in the next segment in the next matches and were just as hot as ever. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Arlington, Texas, definitely Swerve's house. Mm. Yeah, no, they, they showed up for sure. But that is our Dynamite review. Uh, real quick, previewing of what we have on Rampage. You're gonna I, get I, I've a, actually already seen the matches. <laughs> you've already seen, yes. But for those who weren't at the show, uh, you are going to get Penta and Commander and uh, El Hijo del Vikingo, Vikingo versus uh, Top Flight and Action Andretti in a trios match. I want to say get- I did have a point about that match. I don't know how much they're going to trim the show because they do trim the show for Rampage. I hope they show that match in its entirety because it was absolutely fucking fantastic match. Probably uh, Chris Jericho got on the mic after the match and said that was the best fucking match he's seen in his uh, in his 32 years, and it, it and it was. It went from Rampage. I've you know I've been to a lot of Dynamite, so Rampage half the audience leaves right, and it's bare. I'd say maybe 50 people left for Rampage. And we watched the matches, and I was like, oh, my God, this main event's coming. And I'm kind of tired. I'm ready to go. Five minutes into this match. Five minutes. And I think I was one of the Johnny-come-latelys. Everybody is just completely focused. Nobody's looking at their phone unless they're recording what's happening. And they they tore the roof off of this building. I, I thought best Rampage match I've seen as far as, yeah, just period. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a selling point for you. Uh, you also get Anna Jay versus Red Velvet, Orange Cassidy and LeVon Erics versus uh, Daddy Magic, Angelo Parker, and uh, Cool Hand Edge and uh, Jake Hager. And you also have the Don Callis family in action uh, with uh, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and... Uh, <coughs> ah, shit. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he's the uh, he's part of Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher. Yeah, Kyle Fletcher, yep. I was going to say Kyle Fletcher. Yep. I had to, you, you just literally saw how my brain, brain works. I had to go, this translates to this. Tra- oh, okay, this is his yep. name. Tie it again. Oh, there <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, there, there we go. go. All right, yes. we're all good. Um, and then for Collision, we're going to have, once again, more of the uh, Blue League matches get uh, tidied up. So we're going to have Andrade Alidolo versus Claudio Castagnoli. We are going to have Brody King versus Brian Danielson. We're going to have Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia. And I believe as of right now, those are the only matches that have been announced for Collision. Correct. And I'm excited for the show. I'm hoping we get a little FTR action because I will be at Collision and I will be in the first row at Collision. So look for me. Hell yeah. I'll be wearing my FTR shirt as uh, I am very excited to be. This is a... Hold on, hold on. I This is going to be something rare, and this is going to probably shock you. This will be my first collision. I have, I have not been to a collision. The, the one that was in uh, Grand Rapids, I wasn't able to go to. Yeah, so this will be my first collision this weekend, and you know that I'm looking forward to that. Hell yeah. Uh, well, that is everything that's coming up uh, this week, but... Like we also said, Ring of Honor Final Battle 20 is uh, airing tonight, as you guys are hearing this, Friday, December 15th, at Uh, uh, the Dallas Metroplex. 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Uh, Devon Eriks are in a pre-show match. Yes, they are. Yes, they will be facing the Outrunners on Zero Hour. Yes. 
So look forward to that. Yeah, and you so will not see me at this show. You will not. I will. No, I will be there, but you won't see me. <laughs> I won't be in the spot where you'll see me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, you also have another. Uh, so these. That's the zero hour match. Here is the card for uh, final battle. You're going to get a survival of the fittest match between Dalton Castle, Lee Moriarty, Lee Johnson, Kyle Fletcher, Commander, and a mystery opponent. And uh, the winner of that would win the uh, Ring of Honor Television Championship that is vacated by uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, you're going to get a uh, match between Wheeler Yuta and Filthy Tom Lawler, not a hook, not hook for the uh, Pure Championship. Yeah. But I can't imagine that put Hook doesn't do shit on this show. Yeah. Filthy. Since he's facing Tom Lawler, I can't imagine that Hook doesn't do something. This will be my second time seeing Tom Lawler in this building because I think he was just at a New Japan show in the Curtis Caldwell Center. So I am looking forward to him on this match, but it's just like, uh, yeah, this they should have sent Hook. And I think, I mean, they still could. They just still may can. not be in the actual match. But yes. They, and then they set up that for World's End. Um, you get the AAA uh Mega Championship between El Hijo del Viking, uh, Vikingo versus Black Taurus. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club uh, will be facing Mark Briscoe and FTR. And uh, you're also going to get uh, Tony uh, ne- uh, yeah, I was going to say, on the FTR Mark Briscoe match, uh, I don't know if it's still up on Instagram, but go to Dak's page. He did like a little home video, and he's like, it was kind of honor Jay Briscoe, because if you remember, they used to just set the cell phone up and talk shit, and that's how they would cut promos. So he did that to honor yeah, him. Yeah, no, so, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, so uh, go uh, check that. He's ready to whoop some ass. And, you know, you're getting Brian, Dan- you're getting Brian Danielson on our OH final battle. That's going to be pretty cool. That's pretty awesome, too. Um, you have Tony Nese versus Ethan Page in an I Quit match. So those guys could do some damn good shit with that. Ethan Page has his match with Kenny Omega was just uh, a little bit of what he's been doing in ROH over the last few months. Oh, yeah. I did a catch up on ROH a couple weeks ago, and Ethan Page has been killing it. So there you go. And I think in an I Quit match against Tony Nese, I think those guys could beat the hell out of each other. Uh, Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor in the big meaty man snap and meat match. Yes, and this is they were part of a tag team called the Pretty Boy Killers back in the day in ROH. And, yeah. you know, the whole gimmick was this is Shane Taylor was pissed at Keith Lee for going to sign with WWE. So this that's the whole premise of this. And Keith Lee says he is somebody that he's looking to get even with. And Shane Taylor's like, you better not look past me. And so I'm really looking forward to it. I personally, and I know this is not the trajectory that I even saw Keith Lee when he came in AEW. I wouldn't be mad if the Pretty Boy Killers became a thing in AEW. Wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Two two big old black men beating the shit out of people. I think I can get behind that. And hell, last time Keith Lee was in a tag team, it actually worked out for him. Yeah. Better than what he's been doing singles-wise in AEW. Tag team champions. It's, you know, you know when, you, when you're working tag teams, it's less you have to do in the ring. I, like I said, I don't know what Keith Lee's situation is. I've always been a big Keith Lee fan. I always want him to win. But it just seems like he's in a limbo right now. Uh, he, he He's... Uh, he he's in the hidden place or whatever. You don't know where he is. So right. yeah, yeah, just some ideas. But it looks like they have something planned for him. 
So I, I just want to see him used more. He's one of those guys that it's like you can pretty much put Keith Lee anywhere on your card and Keith Lee is going to stick out because he's Keith Lee. Yes, exactly. And then the main event, Athena versus Billy Starks, the minion versus the champion for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Um, they've done spectacular work with this, honestly. Like, Athena is, like, running Ring of Honor. Running it. Yes, like, the best the, the best women's title reign in wrestling right now. Yes. Thousand, a thousand percent. Yes. And quite frankly, I want Athena to lose just so she can come back on to AEW and do shit because her, run, her first run in AEW was so disappointing. When Athena debuted at Double or Nothing uh, 2022, I shit my pants. I was so ecstatic for her to be in AEW. Uh, so I want her back on the main roster now that she's like the best he- woman's heel on the roster. And she needs to tear it up. So, uh, And it would be a cool thing for Billy Starks. I don't know if they do that, but regardless... The quicker we can get Athena back on AEW television killing people, the better, because she's spectacular. Yes, and yeah, and her promos and her mic work and her character work. It's incredible. Is that all reached this level that I honestly, let me be honest, didn't ever think, didn't think it could reach it. And she is pretty much out kicking. I have my, I, I was going to ask Austin why he's on the phone with us. I was like. Up until last week, it was like, I'm going to wear my Athena Minion shirt to ROH. Well, then they add, announced the Jay Briscoe tri- tribute thing. And I have a Jay Briscoe tribu- tribute shirt. Sir, call it in the air because the you are the tiebreaker. Should I wear my Minion shirt or should I wear my Jay Briscoe shirt? You wear your Jay Briscoe shirt. Going to wear my Jay Briscoe shirt. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. I think there'll be plenty of I think there'll be plenty of minion support. Uh, give give Jay some love. Yeah. That I mean that was my plan, but it was like, oh my god, I, you know, I, I you know me, I try to support women's wrestling as hard as I possibly can because you know sometimes it does not get the love that it deserves. But it's Jay Briscoe. It's Jay Briscoe. He's kind of the reason I'm going to the show. So. Jay Briscoe. Got to do the Jay Briscoe thing. So, thank you for chiming in, sir. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the show. I wasn't two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. they, they've added enough to get me excited. Because I'm not a person that needs a lot in a wrestling show to go to it. Don't get, get me wrong. I've, I've, watched, uh, I, I've, I've watched wrestling shows and condemned churches. To understand, I love wrestling. I'll watch it anywhere. But it was just like, oh, my God, it's a three-hour drive. Uh, then I got to find somewhere to stay, and then blah, blah, blah. And, I, and, like, I was talking myself out of it. And then TK, just like he does last week, like, here's some good matches. Here's reasons to get excited. Yeah. You know, make uh, sure you watch it on Honor Club. That's watchroh.com, 6 p.m. Central. Is when uh when uh, when the zero hour starts. All right, and uh, one final question before we sign off: Who signs Draymond Green? WWE, AEW, or UFC? Because someone's got to sign him. Because goddamn it, this man can't be in the league anymore. How are you that rich and that angry all the time? I don't know. <laughs> Saginaw, Michigan's own 
needs to calm the fuck down. I'm just gonna say, I cannot think. I can't think that was the first time somebody had tugged this jersey in a basketball game. So, I, <laughs> dude, there is literally people have made people have made fucking compilations like hype, like you know how like people make the hype packages for like a basketball player of like all the shit that they've done, like just like you know, great shots, great dunks, all that kind of stuff. People made a hype package of Draymond just hitting people. Yeah, so. uh Hey, it's one of those things. I, so who signs him? Uh, if it's me, if it's me, I don't want him to go off and haul off and hit one of my wrestlers for real in a real match. <laughs> so the only place to go is UFC because, you know, they swing back. They do swing back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, I'm just saying, though, that spinning backhand is like yes. Eddie Kingston-esque spinning yes, back. Yes. Yes. But I don't want him to uh, be in a match with like Gunther, and he accidentally hits Gunther for real and then gets twisted <laughs> up into a pretzel. <laughs> that, be, yeah. that becomes a shit fight that could get very... <laughs> yeah, so no. Uh, hey, I'll say this. A lot of people in the NBA are fake tough guys. No, Draymond Green's a real tough guy. It's just... He grew up around <laughs> uh, the 2004 Pistons. Yeah, so he has to... He has to get whatever he needs to get under control. Whatever he needs to do to keep him from punching people... Do that? I don't. I mean, I am the. You know, they talk about elite athletes. I am the extreme opposite of elite athlete. I am elite not athlete. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like I can't walk straight line kind of thing. So I am not going to tell what this elite athlete what to do in the throes of competition. But they don't allow you to punch people and still keep getting paid. So you probably should stop doing that. Might be a good idea, but I just had to ask. But. <laughs> On that note, I think we will uh, call it on this episode of All Things Elite. Uh, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, to this lovely show. Actually, last thing I'll say, here is where the standings are for the Blue League and the Gold League. Just running through it real quick. Moxley leads the Gold League 4-0. Jay White and Sora Strickland are 3-1 and with 9 points behind Moxley, who has 12. Roosh has six points, two and two, and then Lethal and Mark Briscoe out of contention. They are zero and four with zero points in the Blue League. Andrade Alidolo leads with nine points, three and zero. Brody King and Brian Danielson are tied with six points. They're two and one. Claudio Castagnoli and Eddie Kingston are tied at three, uh, one and two. They both have three points. And Daniel Garcia, lone uh, person without a win, he is zero points, zero and three. I just want to run through that real quick with so. the. C2. So the Dynamite in Oklahoma City is the most important Dynamite in AEW history. Because if Mox somehow loses to Jay White, which I believe he did in the G1, in Mox's G1 performance, I believe Jay White beat him. And if Swerve beats Roosh, there will be a three-way tie at 4-1 with Jay White losing to Swerve, uh, Jay White losing to Swerve, Swerve losing to John Maxley, and then John Moxley losing to Jay White. So that would be an interesting way to go. We wouldn't know how that uh, how that would end. So uh, yes, next week is the most important dynamite in existence. Yeah, and you no, will, straight, and, honestly, and you will get to see me. You will get to see me doing the na na dance because I plan on going hard. So you better, yeah, better. Yes, if I ain't trying to fake the funk on the nasty duck, okay, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. All right. Well, like I was saying though, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of All Things Elite. Please continue 
to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and leave a rating and a review. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. Also follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible and have a bunch of other great shows on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And my good boy Floyd can now take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Hello, everyone, and I hope you are all having a great Christmas season and watching whatever movies you feel is the movie to watch for this season. I just want everybody to be happy and and you get your gifts done and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, next week, look for me. That's the message. Look for me. I will be in the first row of Oklahoma City, and I will tell you, you will not know a human more happy in a moment than I will be for those few hours that I am at Dynamite, finally in my state. So I'm getting my Christmas present. If you decide to get me something, anything else is extra. I got my Christmas present this year, so I hope everybody else gets what they want for Christmas. Watch all the TV. I do want to send a special RIP out to one of my favorite actors and one of the best characters ever, Mr. Andre Brower. Uh, he was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Captain Raymond Holt. I just, I, I, there are very few times that I say someone paid a character perfectly. That man did it. So if you have not watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, make sure to check that out. I want to send a shout out to a couple of my friends. Uh, a couple of my friends you know who are have been struggling mentally lately. Let them know that I am there for you and I love you. And this time of year kind of sucks for mental health. So make sure you're reaching out to your friends and lifting them up. And last but not least, I need you all, whether it is home, work, or school, Always do your best to be elite. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.